a strata law issue or a building and construction matter, Sachs Girachi Lawyers is a leading Sydney law firm that can help. With over 20 years experience, Sachs Girachi Lawyers focus on commercial litigation, building and construction, strata law and local government regulation issues. Now, here is your podcast. It goes without saying that in the life of a strata manager, the issue of cigarette smoking or secondhand smoking occupies a significant amount of their time. It of course imposes numerous issues, including fire hazards and can be a nuisance to neighbouring tenants, as well as increasing property repair and cleaning costs. So to work out how lot owners are to handle these multitude of issues, I'm with Sachs Girachi Director, David Sachs. David, perhaps the most obvious question is, can Australia ban smoking in New South Wales? Uh, they can, um, and it's something that has come to life in the last three or four years, Dan. Uh, there have been some cases in the tribunal. There have been some amendments to the um, Strata Schemes Management Act. I might talk about those in detail. In terms of the Strata Schemes Management Act, there has always been... Um, an obligation cast on one lot owner not to do anything within their lot that would cause a nuisance or a hazard to uh, another owner or occupant within their lot or on the common property. Um, And so that that has developed around that a, a multitude of restrictions on what people can do in their property that might, you know, interfere with someone's peaceful enjoyment. Um, of the, the peaceful enjoyment of their neighbour. But the Parliament, when um, it made amendments to the Act, added a specific comment um, at the bottom of that provision that says, depending on the circumstances in which it occurs, the penetration of smoke from smoking into a lot or common property may cause a nuisance or hazard and may interfere unreasonably with the use or enjoyment of the common property or another lot. So whilst that's not the legislation itself, in that sort of slightly special way, the Parliament has said, hey guys, we're telling you that smoking, somebody smoking in their lot or smoking on the common property, um, that's something that is recognised as a nuisance or a hazard that might be experienced by other lot owners. And at the same time they did that, um, listeners may or may not be aware, but as part of the Strata Schemes Management Act, more particularly in the regulation, there are model bylaws. And if most people look at their bylaws for their scheme, they'll either have the model bylaws or they'll have the model bylaws with additional bylaws or some peculiar modifications that have been made to suit their scheme. But most strata schemes will have some version of the model bylaws that control the way in which their strata scheme is regulated. And there was added in um, uh, a couple of years ago to the model bylaws for new strata schemes, a control on smoking in lot property or common property. So most new, particularly new schemes will find, unless their developer set up specific developer bylaws, that there are in fact controls on smoking within their bylaws in any event. So, David, what would be going on in the mind of you know lot owners or a body corporate to perhaps not go down the path of instigating a uh, a ban? I mean, it just would seem obvious. Well, 
of course. And what I was talking about previously was just in new schemes, but obviously not every scheme is a new scheme. And in fact, the vast majority of schemes are old schemes, very old schemes or moderately old schemes. And they don't have that version of the model bylaws. So people in that scheme who are trying to manage um, smoking within their property either have to make the bylaw, so go through the process of making a bylaw, present it to a meeting, have a special Mm. resolution passed, and then have it added to their bylaws. Or if there are particular owners who are complaining about other owners smoking on their lot, they would need to bring proceedings in NCAT to seek orders to control the way in which those, the smoking owners are behaving. And we've seen quite a few cases that have been coming through and there was a, you know, a particular um, case that was just published the other day called Pittman and Newport where it was exactly, you know, this problem, a, a unit block in King's Cliff recently close to the beach up in northern New South Wales where there was a, a couple that lived in one unit who smoked and sat on their balcony to do so and there was an adjoining unit, another um, couple there who were um, complaining about cigarette smoke drifting into their unit and they wanted to stop it. Um, and so they commenced proceedings under this section 153 of the Strata Schemes Management Act. That's the one that says you can't create a nuisance or a hazard for you know your neighbours. Mm, yeah. And, um, and the, that, that was after, well, they had a very elaborate and obviously contentious um, trial through NCAT, but eventually um, the tribunal made orders restricting uh, the neighbours into how they um, smoked and and particularly told them that they're not allowed to smoke on their balcony and they can only smoke indoors with the doors and windows closed. So keep the smoke in your own place and not into your neighbours. David, is the reluctance by owners' corporations, uh, you know, not to impose these laws? Does it sort of derive from the fact that they just don't want to go to war on on such an issue? Well, that 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 that's part of it, and sometimes, um, you know, it can have an element of being a crusade that there are people who are quite, you know, vigorously anti-smoking, and there are people who are quite vigorously. You know, libertarian, I can do what I like on my property. There's nothing illegal about smoking, blah, blah, blah. But most people in the middle, I think, have a fairly sanguine approach to these things and they they don't want to get involved in disputes and they don't particularly want to tell people that they've got to put up with smoking or other people that they're not allowed to smoke. I I, I think that's part of the Australian attitude that, that yeah. I quite like, that people generally like to leave other people free to do you know, what it is that they, they want to do without being overly regulatory. So when, when these issues come up, um, people um, you know, can be, whether they're asked to proscribe smoking, people are very reluctant to do that. I mean, I'm I'm not a smoker, and and it's not something that I would ever take up. But I'm not going to be telling people not to smoke. David, for for those owners corps that actually uh, have uh, a bylaw, what happens in the in the event that that bylaw is actually breached by a uh, by a resident? 
well, they, they, I, I think they get whipped with the, the wet lettuce leaf of non-compliance with the bylaw. Um, the owner's corporation has to go through the process of issuing a notice to comply and then if the, the owner who receives the notice doesn't comply with it, then uh, the owner's corporation can apply to the tribunal for a penalty to be imposed. Um, I, I Also, as part of that process, the owner's corporation could um, obtain some ancillary injunctive orders from the tribunal as well that might you know, control um, specifically a particular lot owner about their, the way that which they smoke in their lot or the common property. That, that, that's the only way that it can be done. So what's the recommendation that, that you have for owners' corporations? I mean, if they're in a new scheme, then that's, that's obviously uh, very easy. Um, you know, it can be a blanket, blanket ban. But if there isn't one, uh, is it you know, getting some advice at the outset around uh, bylaws and then uh, you know, trying to sort of manage that going forward? Yeah, a lot of it's about information and letting people know. People who are smoking, if they, you know, they feel they're doing what they want to do and that they may be not thinking so much about the bylaws. It may be something that they've never, ever looked at. They've just assumed they're able to you know, do what they want in their, their property. Um, so sometimes it's more about explaining to people about um, how important the bylaws are and how it impacts other people and what the consequences of not complying with that might be. I mean, that doesn't solve every problem, but it, it solves most problems with reasonable people. Otherwise, you know, I guess a more prescriptive course needs to be followed. I should say this applies very easy to speak about smoking because it's kind of obvious what the health hazards are, even for secondhand smoking. Mm. But the, the, the things that I'm talking about, Dan, apply equally to people playing loud music or yelling at each other or, you know, having the TV up too loud or, you know, bouncing basketballs or, you know, running an air conditioning compressor that's too loud. There was a, a big case about this of Chehel Nabi where that was a, a three-lot scheme where two of them were residential and the other one was a cafe restaurant. And so the restaurant had a lot of equipment for its coolers and whatnot um, that were running at all times of the day and night. And that was interfering with the, the sleep of the, the people in one of the residential units. So, you know, noise, machine noise, fumes, etc., cetera, can, you know, are, are equally covered by um, these nuisance provisions. And of course, the, the most common one, which I've spoken about in in um, perhaps other podcasts is the you know footsteps from people upstairs when they're you know they take the carpet up and they've got hard floors down and they're you know clomping about to some degree and people down below have to you know listen to that noise uh, it's all about it, it, you know it all blends into that pot of how um, an owner's corporation and how lot owners have to manage living in close proximity to each other and then allow people to be free to do what they want to do within the law, within their lots, but be mindful of the impact of that behaviour on other lot owners. And that's always, you know, it's a it's a personal experience and different people react in different ways. And it can be, you know, a very, you know, delicate and difficult area that creates a lot of disputes. In that context, is it your recommendation that owners' corporations perhaps um, 
be more proactive about reviewing their bylaws as opposed to being reactive when an issue like this comes to light they go oh my gosh we, we haven't got a grip on this and therefore it then exposes a bunch of other things that the, the bylaws actually don't capture look i think so it's all, it's always better to be clear about these things and to articulate them in you know if if i say rules or maybe it it might be um, less offensive to describe them as plans mm. about the way that the group wants to operate and um, you know wants to operate as a group. So to go through these things and to vote on them to to adopt them, then they become you know they become the the plan around which the owners have agreed to operate, and then that that itself can be much more conducive to compliance. So. And that, that's obviously the ideal way of proceeding. But of course, if there are disputes about it, then you know, they, they, they need to be prosecuted and evidence needs to be prepared in the right way to ensure that the law is being complied with. And obviously, people listening to this podcast in particular, uh, you know, owners, corporations coming to grips with this issue, if they've got questions, can reach out to you at uh, Sextarachi. Yeah, of course. We, we, we look at these issues all the time. I think we try to adopt an objective and realistic approach to what can be achieved. You don't want to get onto a a hobby horse about these things because litigation, particularly unsuccessful litigation, um, can be expensive and unpleasant. David, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or need more information, simply call Sax Girachi on 02 9331 5177.